0: to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open your Bible to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18, this is the second part of a four-week sermon series called Darkness. Now today, we're going to be looking at something that a lot of y'all are going to try to check out on me on, but I believe this actually really applies to us. It's called what we, we see in the Bible. is called the paranormal. Well, the Bible doesn't use that word, but that's what it is. It's a supernatural power that in influence, more importantly, that can influence and impact us right here in our homes and in our lives here in Lexington. Now, let's, let's think about the context of what's going on. In the book of Deuteronomy, written by Moses, these folks, the Israelites, they have left slavery and bondage in Egypt, and they are wandering around in the desert. Current day, uh, the Sinai region, southern Israel, uh, Saudi Arabia, that whole just giant Middle East uh, section of land, and they're following a cloud by day, and a a thing of fire, it's the Lord's fire by night. And they're wandering around, say, what are these folks eating? Good question. They're eating manna. What is manna? Manna is bread from heaven. We've never seen manna before because it only appeared during that time. So they're eating manna, and they're eating quail. Every day these birds would fly in, and lo and behold, there's your meal. So if that's your life, if you're wandering around the desert, following a cloud and a ball of fire, and you're eating quail and manna. And that's all you do. That is all you do. And then all of a sudden, you're entering into this promised land. They're preparing to enter. And God has a warning for them because there's people already living in the promised land. They're called the Canaanites. And they did not worship the Lord. They practiced sorcery, They had idols. They had all this paganism that God did not want to influence his people. And there's a warning before they enter you're not, you are a holy, set apart people. You're not to be like your culture you're about to go in. Do not let this culture and their Evil practices and the way they worship and what they do influence my holy, set-apart people for God. Now let's think about this today. One of the most remote areas on earth is a place called, and I know I'm going to mispronounce it, anytime I mispronounce something, I tell people I'm originally from Alabama, that gives me a free pass to mispronounce every word, Papa, Papua New Guinea. Has anybody been to Papua New Guinea? The same guy that doesn't know how to, uh, how to make green. Which two colors? Still, Nobody still knows the two colors that make green. I know some of you already Googled it. Uh, uh, Papua New Guinea is on this, it's a uh, jungle dense area, not far from Indonesia on the Pacific Rim. It is considered here on earth, of all the places on earth, it's still considered probably the most primitive area left. When I say primitive, I'm talking choir. Folks are in the jungle. They are living in a hut under the trees. They might have clothes, though, might not, don't know. Uh, They hunt for their land. No, No power, no internet, no electricity, no cars. I mean, they're just, you go out, you get outside their cities, you're in a extreme remote area. Not much there, it's a rainforest, exotic animals. Now could you take someone from Papua New Guinea and you drop them right here in Lexington. Now these folks have lived in the jungle. They're, they're walking around with a machete, killing their animals and then eating it over a fire. And then when the sun sets, that's their cue. It's time to go to bed because it's dark now. There's no more light. Those people, to come into a technology industrial area, they would walk in. They would not even know what to do. What's a car? What's a light switch? The internet? A phone? Like that is so foreign to those folks. Coming into a culture such as ours, they would have no idea how to even live. What is a house? We live in we live in a hut. It's just a it, it would be radically different from their context. But that's where God has placed them, and we have well, there's missionaries that go and share the good news, the gospel. It can be dangerous to go in that area, but they go there and witness to those folks in their own language. They have the Bible in their language. Now, for us, that is the understanding. That's what's happening. These folks have been wandering around the desert, eating quail and manna. Those are the only two food items they eat. And water. And now, all of a sudden, they're going into this new land. And it's going to be challenging for them. That would be the same context for us, for bringing a primitive person into a technology-driven world. They would not know how to fit. And what God is trying to teach us this morning about darkness, we as Christians are supposed to be completely dependent and holy and set apart for the Lord. So when we come into a culture that is completely, totally drifting away from God, there is a cultural drift. And it's not towards the cross. It's not towards Jesus. It's away from the Lord. How, how do we live in that context? How are we not influenced by that? That's, that's what we're going we're gonna to see here. So I actually believe the devil might not tempt us with Ouija boards and sorcery and spells, 99.9%, I'm guessing, of us are like, damn, that's not even, and for me, that's not a struggle for me. I don't, I don't, that's not, it's a struggle, so I'm gonna be wrong. That's, uh, th- and for most of you, that's not an issue. But when you make the statements, I don't have time, there's other things I need to do. God, I'll get around to it. What you are saying... Remember, the one thing we control is our time. And if we aren't making time for God... If we show God how He's important by our time and our priority with Him... And you can just look at how someone spends their time... And that determines what's important to them. Because that's the one thing you never get back is time. It's gone once you lose it. And we hate wasting time. That's the one thing you despise the most. Service starts late, something runs over, you you feel like this person's wasting my time. Because you know you're not getting that time back. Well, for us as believers, God is looking at us thinking, you are wasting all of your time in the life I've given you on these things all around us. Even though it might not be Devination that we see here in the Bible, they're calling it that, it's serving the same purpose. It's pulling you away from God. When you have certain TV shows, certain movies, your to-do list, there's, there's always something to do. Do you know you can think of any excuse not to come to church? Any excuse. There's always a reason. The devil will make sure, darkness... Make sure you're preoccupied with something else. Okay, I want you to open your Bibles here. Follow along here. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Fifth book of the Bible in the Old Testament. These are the practices of the people. When you enter the land your God is giving you. And for us, that's here in America. That's here in Lexington. This is our land. This is where God has placed you. So he's telling you, here you are in our wonderful city. You've come into the greatest city here on earth. God has placed you in the horse capital of the world. But you need to watch out. Because there's pitfalls and dangers all around our city. And if you aren't careful, you'll fall into them. Your children and grandchildren, I'll tell you about Miss Lena. You know, she brings her great, her, not her, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren to our church. She picks them up, they don't live far from me, and brings them to church here. 91 years old, still ministering and making sure her family is in God's house. And that's where they need to be. Because there's a million other things they could be doing. Look at this. Your God's given you this land. Do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations, no one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire. Guys, that's human sacrifice. They are killing their children. When a society kills its children, they have lost all moral, uh, moral compass. They, when they're, they're passing them through the fire, that's what they mean. They're, they're, when the most helpless people on earth are children. When you're, when, you're, when you're killing your children, you've lost it. that's what's going on here, the Canaanites. That's how wicked these people are. Does this happen today? It does. Practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or spiritus, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord. I mean, there's no place for you. This is detestable for the Lord. These, what, what, what's going on in these pagan nations shall not happen and occur among God's people. And the Lord is driving out... The nation's before you because of these detestable acts. These detestable acts is the reason he's getting rid of these people. They don't belong in his promised land. They're for God's holy and set-apart people. Not for these detestable folks that are not honoring the Lord. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Look at that Bible verse. What a verse. You, Broadway Baptist Church... Must, it's not optional, be blameless. Do you know what the word blameless means? It means my hands are clean. It means you can look at my heart. And it's not wicked. I stand before God. You should stand before God. Says, God, I'm a man, I'm a woman of integrity, just like Job from last Sunday, a man who did not want to surrender his integrity. We are blameless. Meaning no one should the, the, remember what the word Satan means. It means accuser. The devil should not be able to look at you and accuse you of sin. And say look what you did. Remember what you said to that person. Remember how you treated them. You disobeyed God. We stand before the Lord blameless. That's what God's holy people are set apart for. God wants you to be a blameless believer. You're set apart for God. Though these nations you are about to drive out, listen to fortune tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. We are not to do we aren't to dabble in any of this stuff. You aren't to watch these TV shows. You aren't to uh, follow these type of movies. You aren't to be uh, um, uh, reading horoscopes that's not, that's not we don't predict the future do y'all know the danger of this there is there's danger of this one of the problems with dealing with the devil and with darkness is there's a grain of truth in it Say, like a grain of truth what do you mean you start dabbling in dabbling in witchcraft and sorcery and spells do you know what the devil will do It'll make some of it come true. You'll actually tap into a dark power in doing this. Now, it won't happen all the time, but it will a, happen enough in your life that it'll get you hooked. This stuff is all around us. But you say, well, Pastor, still, that's still not a struggle for me. It might not be this, but that same device you pulled out of your pocket and you looked up at how to make green, the color green, do you know you have unlimited access to any type of pornography you want? men? that will destroy your life. Do you know you could find someone, if you're married, adultery is committing sexual immorality against your spouse, on your phone, You could, within minutes, find someone, if you wanted to, to commit adultery against your spouse. If you wanted to find any immoral activity within seconds on your phone, you could do that. Technology has replaced the detestable acts. Back in the Bible, they were killing their children. Literally, killing them. The way we're destroying families, destroying children, is via the internet. Addiction to video games, addiction to pornography, addiction to see families that were once maybe stable in church, all of a sudden on Sundays, Wednesdays, when they should be here, they're playing ball. They're doing other things, other priorities. Anything in our culture that pulls people away from God is a detestable act. Because you're no longer blameless before God. Remember these folks. Remember choir. All these people did was wander around the desert for 40 years and watch a cloud and a fire and eat this stuff called manna and birds. They didn't even do anything. And if you do nothing all the time, all you have to do is obey the Lord. Well, God is speaking to us. And he's asking for that same obedience. Yet we have all these pitfalls, quicksand, bombs all around us. And a Christian life is navigating through that. Because you want to be blameless. The goal of this message is how can you be a blameless believer among all of this darkness around you? And you have to be able to avoid it. Your children, your grandchildren have to be able to avoid it. I believe it's probably harder for us today than for the Israelites going in among the Canaanites. They had... The Lord is very clear. He even told them what they are to look for. And the sad thing is they fell for it. They, they became like the people. Look here. Keep going here in your Bible. God's about to warn us about these false prophets. It's possible for you to find out um, uh, false prophecy. And I'm going to give you some examples. Because I think a lot of times you think of prophecy as maybe some TV preacher that is begging for your money. But I, I don't think that's the, the false prophecy that, that you're going to say. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what to look for. Every day, not every day, nearly every day, I check the mail. Sometimes other people in our house check the mail, but our mail runs in the afternoon. I get home and I check the mail. And about every other day, David Dell, I get these things from these big banks. It always seems like they're in New York. And I know you all get this stuff, too. Sir, you've been pre-approved for $20,000. Sometimes it has a check in there. You know, once you cash that check, you're on the hook for $20,000. says, you are, you are a preferred customer. And sir, you are platinum. Doesn't that make you sound great? You're platinum. You're not gold or so, certainly not silver, but you are a platinum customer. And 0% interest. And this is for you. It's credit card offers. And it's free money in the mail, supposedly, that comes every other day. And in fact, two and a half years ago, we went and visited Disney World. Do you know what started happening about two weeks when we got home? Every day, we were getting a Disney card visa um, for our next visit and how we need to use it and use those rewards, Sherry, on our next trip to Disney World. I mean, it's, I mean, once they get your information, they've got you. Every day you're going to get this stuff. And if you were to take up the offer on one of those credit cards, do you know the Bible tells us, in Proverbs 22, 7, the borrower is a slave to the lender. Choir, you'll be making that $28 minimum payment for year after year decade after decade after decade for that credit card. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I want to tell you, that's the trap we fall into today. Some of you can't tithe because you're giving your money to some bank in New York that you, you took that offer up in the mail. Some of you can't give freely and be generous towards other folks because you have become a slave to the lender. The bank in New York has you on the hook and you're making that $28, $30 monthly payment thinking this will never end. Credit is a hook that kills your life. It is a detestable practice that all of a sudden it drowns you in debt. We're in a culture and a time where many folks They can't serve the Lord. Many folks can't even come to church on Sunday. Do you know why? They're at work. Do you know why they're at work? Because they're on the hook for those credit card payments. They're having to make that monthly payment to the bank in New York. They fell for it. So to me, the false prophet, it might not be the slick TV preacher. It's what's coming in the mail every day. I'm platinum. I'm preferred. I need these reward benefits. I'm going to sign up for that. And they've got you. Debt. It makes you a slave to the master, the lender. Look here. Verse verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. This prophet is Moses. You must listen to him. This is what you requested from the Lord your God at Horeb. That's Mount Sinai. On the day of the assembly, when you said, Let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord our God, or see this great fire any any longer, the folks were complaining about the Lord. This is the problem with Israelites. So that we will not die. Then the Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise from up a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command them. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. But the prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name, that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. We are to put to death the evil influences in our life that enslave and trap us spiritually. Because they're, just like in the Bible times, there's going to be always two voices, the voice of God, which is spoken through Scripture, which you should come to church and hear God's Word boldly proclaimed. You should come to Sunday school. Your Sunday school teacher should teach you God's Word. And then all these other voices that tell you what to do. And they're all around. You walk out this place and you're going to start hearing it. Here's what you need to wear. Here's what you need to eat. Here's how you need to dress. Here's what you... How you need to spend your money. Here's how you get your money, your credit. That's the false prophecy of today. And it entraps you. You won't have time for God. Keep going here. Verse 21. Last couple of verses here. You may say to yourself, How can we recognize a message the Lord has not spoken? Like, how do we know if God hasn't spoken a message? When a prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. Meaning Moses had the authority to take a staff and throw it down and say, watch, this staff will become a snake. And it became a snake. A false prophet cannot do that. A false prophet cannot turn the Nile River from water into blood as Moses could with the first play, Moses had the authority from God because God is truth and what he says will come true. So when God is speaking to you this morning and he tells you every knee will bow, do you know every single person will bow before Jesus? Whether they want to or not, they will certainly do that. There is no option. So I want you to flip over here to Exodus chapter 20. If you, I'll, I'll read it to you. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. But I want to read. I think we have it up on the board. This is the second commandment. Because many of you are saying, Daniel, I just I don't struggle with idolatry. I don't struggle with witchcraft. I don't struggle with the culture sucking me in. But I want to beg to differ. Because I think we do. And here's why. Look at what verse... I mean, this is the second commandment. This came from Mount Sinai. Exodus 20, chapter 20, verse 4. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens or above or on the earth below or in the waters underneath. Do not bow and worship to them. And look at this. Here it is. Main verse I want to pull out. And do not serve them. Don't miss that phrase. Do not serve them. How do we serve idols today it's possible for us to serve these false idols and here's how we do it anytime you have an unauthorized person someone not authorized by God someone who's not holy and blameless and they are speaking truth into your life influencing how you make decisions you have an idol let me say that again. Anytime you have an unauthorized person, the culture, the TV, the radio, the internet, and it's influencing how you make decisions, you all of a sudden are serving an idol. Say, so illustrate that, Pastor. I sometimes go on the internet frequently, and I'll be scrolling along like on Instagram. And every fifth post is an ad. And I caught myself even this week, there's a pair of shoes I want. And they were supposedly on sale. So I clicked the ad I go, well that's a good deal, they're 70% off. And I'm just clicking through and put the little coupon code in, next thing you know you're about to check, out. I mean they make it streamlined, it's so easy, you're about to check out, they got my size of course. Hey, you're about to charge my credit card for $39. I think, whoa! I wasn't ready. I just wanted to look. That, all of a sudden, I did not wake up that morning, Sherry, and were prepared to buy a pair of shoes. That literally advertising influenced and shaped how I was about to spend my money. I didn't, luckily. I almost did. I'm very close. I would have worn them this morning. So I did have them on. But that is how we serve an idol you don't wake up and think okay today i'm gonna view this garbage on the internet today i'm gonna flunk out of school today i'm gonna lose my temper and attack someone at work no no one does that you probably wake up like i do and say this is the day the lord has made i'll rejoice and be glad upon it And then all of a sudden you just hit these landmines whether it's advertising whether it's cultural influences around you and you go home and go I've ruined my day I wasted money I wasted my time I shouldn't have said that I've got work tomorrow to undo what I did today That is how we serve our, our, our idols No one looks at our influences and thinks they're going to influence me for the worse. We think we're going to be led by the Lord but we all of a sudden are in this, this culture of moral filth. This culture of demonic influence. Guys, and we as Christians are called to be blameless and we will find ourselves doing things we never dreamed of doing. The man that destroys his family, the man that's addicted to internet porn, he might be thinking, oh, I didn't actually commit adultery. I said, sir, yes, you did. You have committed adultery. Because if you would have, you would have. You had the opportunity. And I think what we have to see as Christians is we have to literally guard every single influence, every single landmine around us, and say, is this shaping my thinking? Is this shaping how I spend my money? Is this shaping how I make decisions? And does it honor the Lord? If you can't answer these questions, you will fall in the trap. I want to tell you, there are so many of us we have fallen this. In the trap, you find yourself in debt. This is what happens. This is where the road leads. You find yourself out of church. You find yourself all of a sudden um, with the drinking problem. You find yourself divorced. You find yourself with a serious internet addiction issue. You've squandered all your money. You've squandered your retirement. You've lost your job. You know, that person who's addicted to, to drugs, they never said, oh, I think I'll start taking this stuff knowing one year later it's cost them, they're, they're addicted to it and it's already cost them $15,000. And they literally can't get through the day without it. And then they're stealing from their family. They're stealing from their employer. This is how the devil... Destroys your life, and what God is telling us. How I want to conclude this is He's telling the people, guys, you're about to enter the promised land, and the Canaanites they have all of these detestable practices. Guys, you have to watch out. You have to live blameless. You have to be fully aware of who you're listening to, because the false prophet is not the TV preacher. The false prophet's the advertiser. The false prophet's that click on the internet. The false prophet is the person who you shouldn't be listening to at school and the person you're trying to impress. And you'll find yourself spiritually bankrupt. You've been trapped. God is calling us, choir, to a blameless life. He's telling us, reminding us, we are His people. We have been set apart. And you have entered a land of Lexington. And even though the cultural pull is strong, you need to make sure you're listening to God's true prophet. And that, pa- that prophet here in Deuteronomy chapter 18, that prophet was Moses. God spoke to Moses. Moses spoke to the people. How does that apply today? God has spoken to us through His word We read God's word, we apply it in our life today. Are you in darkness this morning? Have you fallen spiritually? Have you found yourself in debt? Maybe in drugs? Maybe you have found yourself addicted to internet porn and it is destroying, crippling your spiritual life. Jesus Christ sets us free. We live a blameless life, but we can't do it by ourselves. Christ saves us on the cross. He picks us up and points us towards Him. Jesus Christ has redeemed us. We give our lives to Jesus. We respond to Him. The Israelites were to respond to God. They did not respond the right way. They began to practice the evil acts of the Canaanites. And God would not allow them into the promised land. They did not obey the, the, the word of the Lord. And they paid a price for that. Just like there's consequences on our life and our decisions. Same that happened in the Bible. But God doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to be blameless and set apart for Him. And it's absolutely possible. In every area of your life. You say, Lord have I given this to you. It's my time. What I watch on TV, what I see on the internet, what I read, what I put in my body, what medicine I take, does it honor the Lord? I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus this morning. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you were here this morning and you were struggling, saying, Pastor, I'm in darkness. I have been become a slave to debt. I, the credit card companies own me. I have, I have, I have fallen morally. Jesus Christ will forgive you. He'll save you. He will redeem you. We are literally washed in the blood of Jesus. It begins with you praying and making Him the Lord and Savior of your life. How do you do that? You do it right here. You do business with God by trusting in Him. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you, though, in the pew, You pray alone. God can read your mind. You pray it silently. And then you live it publicly. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I've been in darkness too long. Lord, redeem me. Lord, save me. Lord, set my feet on solid ground. I give you my heart. I ask you to save me. From this day on i'm yours in jesus name i pray amen i want you to look up bible says if you meant that prayer that you trusted in jesus he is your lord and savior that's what it means to respond to god now we respond to god internally Yet, among us as a church family we respond publicly and that's what we're about to do to close our service We close every single worship service here with an invitation to publicly respond